Welcome to More Than A Few Words, marketing conversation for business owners. This is Lorraine Ball. I'm Sam Von Tobel. And actually, today is kind of special, Sam. Why is that? Today is our 300th podcast recording. Yay! <laughs> A little balloon release and um, some confetti in the air. It is cool that we've been doing it for this long. And that really actually kind of rolls nicely into today's conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't make a cake. I'm really sorry. Maybe for the 500th episode, I'll, I'll, I'll have my stuff together and we'll make a cake. Uh, and if you don't, we'll ask Rebecca, who is our office mom <laughs> and house baker, to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I would probably just ask Rebecca anyway. I think that's a plan. But the More Than A Few Words podcast is a kind of content, and it really dovetails with what I consider to be core web content and that's blogging yeah absolutely we talk to business owners and oh yes blogging of course uh i i know it i've seen it i know it's important but that still doesn't stop people from having questions about it and that's totally valid because blogging is a thing that if you want to get the most out of it you really need to commit and if you really want to commit to something you need to know all the ins and outs and it's valid to have questions about why am i doing it how do i do it okay and so in today's show we're going to dive into the frequently asked questions of blogging because i really think that in 2018 if companies want to improve their seo improve their engagement on social media improve the overall health of their website it begins with blogging. Yeah, absolutely. A big question, why the heck am I blogging in the first place? And I think it's a valid question, but I think an even better question is, why the heck shouldn't you be blogging? There's a, just so much that goes into the benefits of blogging. It helps you get discovered, first and foremost. If you are regularly producing quality content, utilizing keywords, that plays into the SEO game. And the more content you have with these keywords, the better chance of someone going into Google and let's say you're a flooring company. You write a couple blogs about Indianapolis carpeting, someone jumps online, Indianapolis carpeting, boom, you're bettering your chances of someone finding your website. And absolutely, because you're creating this content around keywords and blogs don't have to be just blogs. They can, as I mentioned, include a podcast, include an infographic, but all of that information needs to be tagged for specific keywords. Okay, so we've beat the SEO horse to death. What about generating leads? How do blogs help you generate leads? Yeah, believe it or not, blogs, a simple blog post can help generate leads. You write a blog post about a certain topic. Maybe you already have a, a, a white paper or a download written about this. At the very end of your blog, it's as simple as inserting one quick sentence that says, if you want to learn more about this topic, click here and include a button or a link for people to download that white paper. And as we know, and we've beaten that horse to death as well about, uh, about downloads, it can be a free download. All you need in exchange is an email. Mm -hmm. And it's surprising what people will do for free if all it is is just an email. Those leads, you know, you can put them right into your email newsletter. Or if it's a niche topic, you can put them in an autoresponder campaign. So as soon as they go in, they'll start receiving content related about the blog post they just read. Absolutely. And it really helps you as a business owner kind of manage your leads and really identify people who are interested in specific parts of your business. And I think, you know, I've touched on it fueling the rest of your content marketing, but I want to jump over to, I think, the question or the stumbling block that we hear from a lot of people. Do I need to be a great writer to produce blog content? Absolutely not. 
Whoa. Yeah. And this from a writer. Yeah, this from a writer, but I would say absolutely not. And you know, in some cases, you don't need to be a wordsmith. You don't need to have a degree in creative writing. And at the end of the day, everyday people writing about things that they know, that's all you really need. You don't need the credentials. You don't need anything. You just need an extensive knowledge of your field of speciality. And you should have that if you're, if you're, if you're running a business. I, I think simple outlines, simple bulleted lists, most of us can organize ideas about our business in that format and then fill in a little bit of the blank. Yeah, totally. And you know, at the end of the day, the people reading these blogs are people interested in the topic who probably don't know much about it. So the way you want to write these blogs, you don't need to be fancy. Just write it like you're in someone's home talking to them about your product or service because they're probably going to be a customer anyway. All right, so how often do I have to be producing blog content to make it really valuable for me as a company? Now that is not as clear cut of an answer. There's a lot that goes into it, but I would say as often as possible. Mm -hmm. Running a business, doing your own marketing, it can be a lot to juggle at once for just one person. And that's why it can pay to have more than one person helping you out. But as often as you can, if you're really devoted, we talked about fueling other areas of your marketing. If you're sending one email a month, maybe doing one or two social media updates a week, you could probably get away with one or two blogs a month. I might challenge you and say that if you're going to do one email and you want to have content, I really would love four blog posts a month, I think is ideal. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, obviously the more the better, mm -hmm. but if you're really devoted to email, you're sending out several a month. If you're doing 15 plus social media updates a week, then having four, eight, 10 blog posts a month should really be in your wheelhouse. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that people forget is that once you create the blog post, it's okay to go back to that post and reshare it. A lot of times in our newsletter, I'll take a new blog post and then I'll go back and link to an article that's maybe two years old but was evergreen content that still contains good information. And so you get more use out of those old blog posts. Yeah, those blog posts aren't going anywhere, so you might as well use them. And there's no harm in retreading on similar topics more than once. I was actually going to ask you that is, can I write about the same thing more than once? Absolutely, and I would encourage you to, actually. You know, we talked about downloads and white papers. That's the basis for making a really simple download or white paper, is just collecting all the resources you've written about a similar topic, compiling it in a format that's more accessible or more closely related to how a download should look, and sending it out that way. One of the other reasons for blogging is that establishing domain authority. And when you write more than one article on the same topic, it really kind of reinforces your position as an expert. Yeah, having a library of quality content about a specific topic or topics encompassing one topic absolutely establishes you as an authority. Awesome. You had one more. I would also recommend, and again, this goes back to the balancing act of, uh, of owning a business and doing your own marketing, getting multiple perspectives. Having multiple people writing blog posts for your feed, I think is really important. It provides different perspectives. One person might write about a topic and have one way of looking at it. Another person could write almost the exact same topic for a blog post, but have a totally different spin on the exact same subject. You know, we do that at Roundpeg and Back in the day when I first started the blog, if you could imagine, I was writing seven days a week and it was all men. And for somebody who's not a writer, that was a little overwhelming. And so I was really excited as 
different employees started embracing that. But it, it got better over time because what I realized was every time we brought in a new person, they could look at all the same topics and actually write about them from the perspective of many of our clients who didn't know anything. The longer you're here, the harder it is to get back into that mindset of the rookie. I think also because of everybody's backgrounds, people come at the subject so differently. And you know, revisiting topics is totally in bounds too. Things change. A blog post you wrote two years ago may not be 100% valid in, um, in 2018 as it was in uh, 2016. So revisiting topics, reassessing takes, you know, catching up uh, on recent news and events, definitely a good idea to take. And from an SEO perspective, there's two sides to that. Number one, when you go back to that original blog post, take a look and see if there's anything that's really wrong and if you can fix it with a paragraph or two, add an editor's note at the bottom and a date that says, this blog post was written here, here's what's changed, and if a lot has changed, then write a new blog post. Definitely. You don't want to lose that SEO positioning. Absolutely. So, if you're thinking about blogging and you'd like to know more about it, be sure to grab a copy of our blogging guide, which will be in the show notes. And as we're celebrating our 300th episode, if you've missed any of the 300 episodes, look for them on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Sam, this was a good overview today. Hey, thanks, Lauren. I had fun. I did too. And if you've enjoyed today's program, please be sure to check back with us. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.